Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church, an outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. Well, like the song goes, he's perfect in all his ways. We're talking about God. How many people believe that about God? He's perfect in how many ways? In all his ways, God is perfect. And how many people know uh, you're his offspring? If you've been born again, if you've been born again, then you're born of the Spirit. You're born of God. And you are God's offspring. And I like to say like father, like son. Right? Like father, like son, like daughter. You know, uh, have you ever heard somebody say, uh, you know, to, to somebody, wow, why wow, he's the spitting image of his father. You ever hear that before? The spitting image of his father. Actually, I found out that originally was, while wow, he, wow, he's the spirit and image of his father. See, because that's biblical. That's a scriptural thing. He's the spirit and image of his father. But you see, then those words fell upon southern people. <laughs> and they just messed it all up, you know. He, well, he's a spitting image of his father. You know? Spitting image. You know? No, spirit and image. He's perfect in all his ways. And we're the spirit and image of him. He's perfecting us. He's making us perfect in all our ways. Now, thank God for the perfect, spotless blood of Jesus that has washed us clean of all sin and has made us spiritually the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's what you are. If Jesus is your Lord, you're the righteousness of God. In other words, you're as right in the sight of God as God is right in his own sight. Perfect. Perfect righteousness. You can't improve upon this righteousness. So he's already made us through the new birth. He's made us perfect in our spirit. Our spirits have been made perfect. Scripture just came to me in Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, for no, verse 18. For you have not come to the mountain that may be touched and that burned with fire. That's talking about Mount Sinai, where God came down on Mount Sinai and met with Moses. You have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven to God the judge of all to the spirits of just men made perfect to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel notice here he says he's telling us what we have come into as new covenant believers he says you've come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, and verse 23 says, to the general 
assembly and church of the firstborn, born again, who are registered in heaven. Have you been registered? Yes. Have you gotten registered? Yes. Registered in heaven. Praise God when you get to heaven. See, we've had people, we got this men's conference coming up this weekend, and men had to register in order to come to the conference. See? So when they show up, if they've registered, see, we've already got their name, and we've got some things prepared for them. We're expecting them. Praise God through faith in Jesus. Uh, we're, God's expecting us. Heaven's expecting us. We've been registered. We've been registered in heaven. Praise God. That's, I, I, I thank God uh, being registered at a men's conference, but man, knowing that you're registered in heaven. You're going to get up there, and I don't know if it's going to be Peter or whoever. They say he guards the gate, but uh, it's not in the Bible, but you know how that is. And, and, uh, and you know, they're going to get, probably give you a name tag, you know, you know, when you show up at the registration table. Probably get a name tag, you know. Of course, some of us won't need name tags, right? Because all of heaven, man, they're so excited about you coming. They just can't wait to meet you personally. They've been watching you from up there. Now they're going to get to meet you personally. <laughs> Hallelujah. Registered in heaven to God, the judge. This is what we've come to, to God himself, praise God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men. Or we could say righteous, just righteous. You can use that interchangeably. The spirits, say the spirits. Spirit. See, that's what I was just talking about. See, our spirits have been made just, righteous in the sight of God. We've been justified through the blood of Jesus. He took our sinfulness upon himself and he gave us his righteousness. So we're among this general assembly. We're among those whose spirits have been made just, have been justified, have been made righteous. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. That's who we are in the spirit. But now, so we're perfect in righteousness in the spirit, but now God is perfect in all his ways. He's perfect in all his ways. Well, like father, like son. We're created in his image and likeness. So the work that he began in us on the inside, he is working on the outside. We used to sing a song at Bible school, something on the inside Working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Something on the inside. Working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. We just sing that over and over and over again. Because, you know, you want that to register on your mind. You want, you want to get a hold of that. You've been changed on the inside. Ooh, hallelujah. You're a new creation. In Christ Jesus, old things have passed away. Old sinners have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I mean, we're new and improved. New creations in Christ Jesus. Something we need to remind ourselves of continuously. Continuously. Because the outer man still looks like the old man. He still, he still looks like the old sinner. The old sinner. See, but we're not old sinners anymore on the inside. But the outside can still look like that and still want to act like that. Yeah. 
but we're new on the inside. So we got to get a hold of what God has done on our insides so that he can begin to bring that to the outside. He wants what's on the inside to work its way to the outside, but he can't do that if we're not aware of what's on the inside because we won't yield to it. If we walk around saying, I'm just an old sinner, I'm just a worm, I'm just a this, I'm just a that, and we just see ourselves, you know, just as, just as worthless as can be and uh, unrighteous, if we still see ourselves unrighteous, unworthy, oh Lord, I'm just so unworthy, I'm so unworthy of you, God. You know, a lot of Christians, they still pray that way. They think it's humility, but it's really, it's, it's ignorance of, of reality. It's not humility. It's ignorance of reality. And it doesn't please God. Oh, I'm just, I'm just so unworthy. Well, see, you, what, are you, what are you saying? The Bible says he's made you the righteousness of God. And he's made you worthy to be able to stand before him. In fact, he said you come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. So even in other words, if you've missed it, because you don't need mercy unless you missed it. But he said, even when you miss it, you just come boldly to the Father. Go right to the Father. Just come right in there. Father, I come boldly before your throne to obtain mercy. And you know without a shadow of doubt, he gives you that mercy. He just, he just washes you and cleanses you because you understand his love for you. You understand that in your heart, you're the righteousness of God. But you see, you're, you're, you're learning to get that into your flesh. Get that into your mind. Get that into your, into your walk, in your talk, and how you, how you live in life. To get what's in, in your spirit into every part of your life. So it can be said of you, perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in, well, you're perfect in spirit. See, a lot of Christians will even cringe at the thought of the saying something like that. Perfect and all. Who do you think you are? I think I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's what the Bible says. <laughs> Whose spirit has been made perfect. Didn't we just read that in Hebrews? Yeah. Your spirit has been made perfect. So, so, but a lot of Christians think, well, that, that sounds like pride. It sounds like pride. No, it's humility. You're admitting the truth of God's word. You're humbling yourself to not go by how you feel about yourself and to just take an opinion about yourself, but you're going back to the Bible and finding exactly what God says about you. And you're getting yourself in agreement with Him. And so we're already perfect spiritually. We're already perfect spiritually. So now we just have to allow this perfection on the inside to work its way to the outside. You do that by thinking on it, reminding yourself, this is who I am. So that when anything imperfect proceeds from your mouth, proceeds from your life, you recognize right away, that's not me. I'm better than this. I'm better than that. I repent of that. In other words, I disown that. I disown that. I don't, I don't act like this is normal for me. No, no. By repenting of it, you are not identifying with those actions. You're saying, no, I don't identify with those actions. That's not me. I repent of that. I turn from that. That's not who I am. And you need to do that so that you don't continue to identify with the old man, the old, outward, uh, fleshly, sinful man. 
No, no, no. We, we repent of that. No, no, I'm perfect. I'm perfect in all my ways. I'm working perfection out. I'm not perfect yet on the outside, but I'm, that's, it's working. It's this thing called sanctification. Yeah. Right? And it's with the help of the Holy Spirit. Uh, he's working this on the outside. But, but the first place to start is to know that you are right. You are righteous. You are perfect on the inside. See, then it becomes easy to be able to see yourself doing things right, the right way. It's easy to see yourself talking right, acting right, living right, living above everything that's wrong when you know you're already righteous in your spirit. But if you just think you're just a mess and God's got to just like, you know, just, I mean, just take this sinful mess and try to make it do right, then it's, you never, you'll never walk right. You'll never be able to consistently walk right. So you got to see, I am the righteousness of God. I'm, I am perfection. Sounds kind of haughty, doesn't it? Huh? But it's not in your own strength. It's, you're not talking about your own righteousness. If you're talking about, you know, I'm perfect, I'm wonderful, yeah, I'm the best, I'm number one, you know, whatever. And you're just talking about yourself according to your works. Yeah, that's an arrogant, really ignorant thing. Because you're far from it. In the flesh, in your own strength, by your own ability, by your own good works. The Bible says your good works, your righteousness is as filthy rags compared to God's righteousness. Your righteousness is like filthy, filthy rags. So, you know, we're not walking around saying, you know, look at me. I'm at church. It's Wednesday night. I read my Bible. I pray. I do this. I do that. You know, I am this righteous person. You're a filthy rag. None of those things make you righteous. I said, none of those things make you righteous. And you can't make yourself righteous. All you can do is yield to the righteousness of God that he's already made you. Just yield to the righteousness of God. He's already made you. When you speak, yield to that righteousness. When you do something, yield to that righteousness. Don't allow yourself to do unrighteous things. Say, no, we don't do those things. Again, I like saying, I'm better than that. I'm above that. Because you are. You're, you're above every filthy, messy thing in this world. We're above that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Somebody say, I'm above it all. Yeah, we're above all the, all the fleshly, messy things. We are the righteousness of God. And so God is working in us to cause what's in us to just dominate everything about us. Did you get that? God is with us, working in us to cause us to dominate everything about us. He wants us to be dominated by his love, dominated by his righteousness, dominated by his goodness, his way of thinking, his way of living right. And he's working on us. And he's looking to cause his church to be a glorious church, right? You talked about that a couple weeks ago, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 27. God's looking for a glorious church that's without spot, that's without wrinkle, without any such thing. Just clean and holy, just walking in the holiness of God. 
the righteousness of God. But like we saw last time, you know, Jesus, he came and he inspected seven churches over in Asia. He inspected seven churches. And as he went through all the churches, he found them anything but perfect in their ways. I mean, he, they're the church. I mean, he made them righteous, but he came to one church and he saw that they had slipped out of faith in, in the righteousness of God. They weren't walking in the love of God and he called them a loveless church. They were not walking in that love of God for God, number one. They weren't loving God like they started out doing. He told them to return to that love. So he rebuked them. Then the second church, he, he referred to them as a compromising church. And in the third church, he talked to them about immorality, being immoral in the church. Then another church, he said, you're alive, but yet you're dead. You're a dead church. Then he told another church, you're a lukewarm church. You're neither hot nor cold. And because you're lukewarm, I'll spoo you out of my mouth. So he wasn't happy with, he wasn't happy with any of these churches. Finally, he gets to one church and he says, now you guys are faithful. You guys are faithful. You are guys, you're keeping the word. You're doers of the word of God. You're obedient to my word. You're following my commands. You are a faithful church. So think about this. I mean, God is a perfectionist. He is perfect. He's made you perfect in your spirit. He's looking for this perfection to come forth. He wants his church to be a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. In fact, let's just turn to it. I just, I just think we need to look at it. Ephesians chapter 5. Because I think we look at this and think, you know, this is for someday in the sweet by and by. After we leave this life, then, yeah, then God will have this glorious Church, I mean, a church without spot or wrinkle. But no, friend, he's talking about in the here and now. He's talking about right now. He wants you to be glorious. And you can be. If you understand spiritually, you already are. If you realize you already are, then we're halfway there at least, right? All we got to do is just get what's on the inside, on the outside. Just got to get what's on the inside, on the outside. We got to get it on us. We got to get it on us. You know, just like you go in your closet and you pull out an outfit you want to wear and you put that on, you got to, by faith, reach into your heart through your words and pull out, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and just put that on. I'm the righteousness of God. And you go out and you get around the pig slop and you get around all the filth and you get around all this dirty stuff and you just walk around, I'm the righteousness of God. I'm the righteousness of God. And you just keep your robe of righteousness on. Righteousness is actually likened to a robe in the Word of God. It's also likened to a breastplate too. This is all clothing, right? Put on the breastplate of righteousness. The Bible says put it on. How do you put on, how do you put on these garments? Uh, with your words. Speak it. Declare it. And as you speak it, you're clothing yourself with it. You're clothing your actions with it. You're clothing your thought life with it. And we need to do that. Reach inside the closet and put it on. Don't just go walking out of your house like a spiritual jaybird. You know what I'm saying? 
Don't go out there spiritually streaking. The angels will not care for it at all. Put on your garment of praise. Come on, somebody. Put it on. Put on the armor of God. Put on that robe of righteousness. Put it on. Speak up. Don't just walk around and talk about what a, a worm you are. An old sinner you are, that's like just, that's walking around with nothing on. Put it on. You got to put it, put it on this outer man. This outer man. You need to clothe. Your spirit's already got it. But now you got to put it on. You got to clothe your fleshy man, your outer man. There's the inner man. There's the outer man. You got to clothe the outer man. That's your responsibility. You got to do that. I don't even like to say you got to do it. You get to do it. That's an awesome thing. You've got a wardrobe. I mean, you've got quite a closet. Now, some, of you, some of you get more excited than others, but I'm just telling you. <clears throat> I mean, open up the closet. Look at what you can put on. I mean, you could put on some beautiful garments. Right? He talks about that over in Isaiah. Isaiah, what is that? Isaiah 52. <clears throat> he says, awake, awake. Put on your strength, O Zion. See, there's Mount Zion again. See, that's us. Put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For the uncircumcised and the unclean shall no longer come to you. Shake yourself from the dust, or we can say the dirt. Shake yourself from the dirty things of this world. Don't let it cling to you. Don't let it cling to you. He says, wake up. Stop being in a spiritual stupor. Stop walking around slumbering spiritually. You know, a lot of people can be wide awake physically, but they're spiritually like, they're just like barely awake. Oh, they've been made spiritually alive, but they're spiritually sleeping alive. And really, you can't tell much difference between a dead person and a sleeping person. In other words, you can't tell the difference between a sinner and a saint that's been born again when he doesn't put on his righteousness. You can't tell the difference. You can take, take somebody and they're lying here and they're dead and you got somebody else lying right next to them and unless you get up really close, you just they both look like they're sleeping or they both look like they're dead. <clears throat> so we don't want to be acting like we're, we're just old sinners, still dead and sleeping our days away. Think of how frustrating that is for God. You know, people sleeping their days away, spiritually. God looks things. Do you understand your garments? Do you understand this righteousness? Do you understand what I've made you, what I've created you to be? What in the world do you do? Why are you acting like that? Why are you talking like that? That's got to be frustrating for God. And that's why you hear him over here saying, <clears throat> awake, get up, wake up. Put on your beautiful garments. See, that's up to you. You've got to do that. Put on your beautiful garments. And you know, there's something about when you put on those beautiful garments, it affects you. It affects your walk, right? So like, let's say you get up, you don't take a shower, you throw on some gardening clothes, you go outside, and you see some weeds in the garden. You have no problem just jumping in there and pulling up those weeds, right? But let's say it's Sunday morning, and you've put on your best, you know, you got your nice shoes on and you're all dressed really nice and you walk outside and you see these weeds. What are you going to do? You're just going to jump in there and say, let me take care of that. 
Huh? Are you? You're not going to jump in there and start pulling weeds dressed in those nice garments. So you become aware of the righteousness of God and you're putting that on with your words. Guess what? When something dirty is over here going, you're not going to sit there and just jump in there. You're not going to want to jump. You're not going to jump and go, ooh, I'm better than that. I'm higher than that. I'm above that. I'm not jumping in that mess. That's a mess. But you see, if you're already a mess, if you already feel like I mean, you're sweaty, you're grimy, you're a mess, then what's a little bit more sweat and grime? What's, what's a little bit more mess? It's nothing. See? So, so if you're walking around seeing yourself as a mess instead of seeing yourself as righteous, then you're going to continue to make messes. You're going to continue to create messes. You're going to still act like a mess. So that's why we've got to get this on. Got to get it on our mind first. Get it on our mind, get it in our mouth, and that's how we wear it and walk in it. And when you see yourself this way, it becomes very easy to say, excuse me, I don't hang out with unclean demons. Right? Something unclean gets right. I mean, if you're dressed really nice, I mean, do you want a dog that sheds to jump up on, on, uh, jump up on you and start... <laughs> huh? <laughs> You get, get, off, get off my clothes. Right? You're getting hair all over your clothes. But if you're already a hairy mess, you know, you're already, right? You know what I'm talking about? You're already, you know, you just roll around that dog. So it doesn't matter. So spiritually, so we got to understand how we see ourselves is very important. We need to see ourselves the way God sees us, the way God says we are according to the spirit. And the spirit is the real you. That's the real you. Thank God. We're not just flesh creatures. Yes. You know, when this, when this flesh dies, man, the real us is still going, man. We just, we just peel this thing off like a banana peel. And we just, we just keep moving. Yeah. We just keep going. Yeah. Life, life continues, thank God. Yes. We're, not, we're not flesh. We're spirit beings. Yeah. And we live in a physical body. And we have, a, we have an emotion, we have, a, we have a, you know, a brain, a mind, and we think. But first, number one, we're spirit beings. That's who we are. So that's the most important part of you. And that's the part of you that's right. Just. Perfect. Hallelujah. So let's, let's put that on. As we put that on, then, um, like I said, we're not going to want to be around unclean things. Because we don't want to get on us. We don't want to touch in us. Hallelujah. Uh, so here in Ephesians 5, notice this in verse 27, that he, Jesus, well, let's go to verse 28, that he, Jesus, might sanctify, 26 rather, that he, Jesus, might sanctify and cleanse it, talking about the church. Cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. See, it washes, it washes your thought life, number one. It washes your thought life to think right. That he might sanctify and cleanse it. Cleanse what? Cleanse the church. What's the church? You. He wants to wash you. He wants to cleanse you. This is all talking about the outer man. Because the inner man is already the righteousness of God. Spiritually speaking, you're already clean. You understand? Spiritually speaking, if you're righteous, you're clean. Obviously, right? If you're just right in the sight of God, then you're obviously clean. 
So the washing that it's talking about is the outer part of us, our minds, our thought life, how we live our life. He wants to, he wants to wash all that. And how does he do it? He does it through his word. He does it through the word of God. Remember, Jesus, he said to his disciples, when he was washing, remember he was washing their feet? He was washing their feet there at the Last Supper. He was washing their feet. And Peter said, Lord, you'll never wash my feet. And he just felt like, Jesus, no way. I mean, you're, you're above that. Jesus said to Peter, he said, he said, Peter, if I don't do this, you have no part in me. Well, Peter said, Lord, not just my feet, but my hands, my head. I mean, Jesus said, no. He said, he who's been cleansed doesn't need to bathe. See, he just needed to wash their feet because the feet represent, and he said, you are clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Jesus wanted to say, you are clean because of the word I've spoken to you. See, they have faith in his word and that faith made them just and righteous in the sight of God. We're justified by faith. So then he says, uh, but I must do this. And see, he was cleaning their feet and the feet represent our contact with this world. It's symbolic of the outer man. So we're already clean. We're already clean. We're already just in our spirits. But there's a part of us that is in constant contact with this outer world. This outer part of us is in contact with this outer world. So that part needs to be washed regularly. It's not that you need to be completely bathed. Like you have to be made righteous every day. But you do need to have your feet cleansed. You do, you do need a good foot washing. And if you haven't been in the word, then your feet stinketh. Your feet stink it. Have you ever smelt bad feet? I mean, it could be so bad. It could just be so bad. You know, the socks, everything. It's like, it's, like it's all got to go, you know. It's all, it's all got to go. I'm just saying, you don't want to be that way. You don't want your outer man to be that way, to smell like stinky feet. Right? You don't want your outer man to smell like stinky feet. You want your outer man to be clean too. How do you do that? Washing in the word. That's why we're at church tonight. We don't need to be made righteous. We just need a good foot washing. And Jesus is, is washing your feet tonight. That's what he's doing. Through the word of God, your feet are getting washed. In other words, your outer man, your thought life, the outer part of it is being washed. It's being cleansed. And it's, and it's getting you in contact with the real you. That's what's happening right now. Through this word that we're hearing tonight, it's getting the outer part of you in contact with the real part of you, the real you, the spirit man. Just by talking about these things, you're recognizing who you are and your outer man is connecting. It's been connecting with the world a lot, connecting with other unrighteous people a lot. Can't help that. You're in the world. But you, as you hear the word of God, it's connecting you now. You're being, the, the outer part is being connected to the real you. So you can control it. So you can dominate it. So the real you can live through it. Can live through it. Think through your thoughts. Speak through your lips. The outer, speak through your thought life, through your outer lips, your outer self. The, the inner man can now express himself. Hallelujah. And so we want the inner man to express himself through the outer man. And that's what God's helping us to do tonight. So he says, again, we were at 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it, that's you, with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it, that's you, to himself, a glorious church. 
not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Without blemish. And friend, I'm telling you, he's, he's looking for this to happen now in this life. He's, he wants to complete this work in our life so that the inside is working through the outside. That the outside is connected and submitted to the inside. And this righteous man, woman that you are, is now expressing itself through the outward man. He's looking for this glorious church, this church that is walking in the glory or the awesomeness of the manifested awesomeness of God. Oh, hallelujah. That's the kind of church he's looking for. That's what he's looking for. And don't feel like that's hopeless. It is not when you understand he's already got you righteous in your spirit. The real, the real you is already righteous. We just got to yield to it. Praise God. It's not even about being made righteous. It's just yielding to the righteousness we already are. Just emphasizing. You, 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 so we, so we got to get this. Yes, we can do this. I said we can have this. We don't have to be a lukewarm, loveless, compromising, perverse church, a dead church. We don't have to be any of those things. We could be this faithful, on fire for God church, this glorious church, this dream church, this dream, the glorious church. That's what, that's what Jesus is wanting to raise up. I can tell you right now, not everybody's going to do it. But I'm signed up for it. I'm just signed up for it. That's the church that I want. That's the church I want to be a part of. That's the church I want to be. I want to be his dream church. The Lord looks and says, That's, this, is my, this is my dream coming to pass. It's happening. They're doing it. They're, they're, they're being sanctified. My spirit's working in their life. They're learning. They're growing. They're being washed regularly. They're, they're keeping themselves clean. Their garments unspotted from the world. Oh, hallelujah. It's happening. It's happening. Don't you want to get God excited? I'm telling you, we can get him excited. Did Jesus ever get excited? Well, that was weak. I must remind you. Do you not remember the centurion who came to Jesus because his servant was, was dreadfully tormented with some kind of sickness or disease? He came to Jesus and he said, Lord, don't trouble yourself. You don't have to come to my house. All you got to do is say the word and my servant will be healed. That's all you got to do. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. Everybody else is saying, you know, they want to touch Jesus. They want Jesus to come, lay hands on him. He's, you know, just say the word, my servant will be healed. I know it. Servant, the centurion said a few more things. Jesus looked and said, he looked around at everybody around. He's got this crowd following him. He said, I haven't seen such great faith, not in all of Israel. And they were the covenant people. He said, I haven't seen faith like this, excuse me, in all of Israel. I haven't seen anything like this. He's praising this man. He's excited about this man. This excited Jesus. He's turning around praising this man to everybody. Could Jesus look and say, I haven't seen such faith like this in all of America. I haven't seen such such faithfulness like this in all the world. Is that possible? Yes. It's possible. I mean, God got excited about Moses. Look what he did in Moses' life. 
And the Bible says concerning Moses, he was the humblest man on the face of the earth. That's why God used him so mightily, right? He was the humblest man on the face of the earth. That's what God said about him. So you see, we don't want to compare ourselves or limit ourselves to everybody else. Let's just go be what God says. Let's just dare to believe. Let's just dare to believe the word of God and just go where no man has gone before, right? Let's just go there. I'm telling you, God needs a glorious church in this day and hour. I'm not saying we're the only thing out there. I believe God's got a whole bunch of folks that, that are coming together. They're doing it. They're going for it. But we're not waiting around to see that. We're building it right here. We're making it happen right here. Can you say amen? I want Jesus' dream to come to pass. I want to see his dream come to pass. I want to see him have his dream. I want his prayers to come to pass. And people know Jesus prayed concerning the church, what he wanted the church to be, what he wanted you to be. We see it over in John 17. Let's go to John, the 17th chapter. I absolutely love this prayer that Jesus prayed. Let's just, just we'll just start in verse one. I, I, won't, I won't be able to read the whole thing, but Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son also may glorify you as you have given him authority over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. This is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is Jesus talking. He just told you what eternal life is. What is eternal life? Well, eternal life is unceasing, absolute fullness of life. And how do we have it? We have it as we know him. It's in, know, it's in knowing him. It's in knowing God the Father and Jesus Christ whom he sent. Verse 4, I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was. So he's talking about his resurrection and being restored to that glory. But then he goes on, he says, I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the words which you have given me, and they have received them. And have known surely that I came forth from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me. For they are yours. And all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. I come to you, Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. Notice that statement. That they may be what? One. That they may be one as, as we are one. Think about that. We're talking about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in perfect oneness. Perfect unity. I mean, they're perfect. This is the Godhead. This is the Trinity. Who can be like them? Well, 
by the working of God in our life, we can. And Jesus prayed it would happen. That we would be one, we would be one together. Even as God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are one. Again, don't limit these things to when you get to heaven. God wants this happening now. And I'll show you that here in a moment. While I was with them, verse 12, in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept them. I have kept and none of them is lost except the son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. God wants your, your life full of joy. His joy. That's fullness of joy. You understand? I have given them your word. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just reading the whole thing. I just can't help myself. I have given them your word. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world in a rapture, but that you should keep them from the evil one. By the way, I have a book. It's the truth concerning the great tribulation. A faith guide for the final days. Get ready to read all about it. They are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. That's how he sanctifies us. That's how he does this sanctifying work in our life. Causing what's on the inside to be on the outside. It's a process of sanctification. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they may be sanctified in the truth. I do not pray for these alone. So now he's, he's, he's showing you. I'm not just praying for these men that are with me here in the physical right now. But also for those who will believe in me through their word. So that would be you and I, wouldn't it? Because we believe in him through their words that are written here in the Bible, in the word of God. He says that they may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. So that they may be one just as we are one, just like the Trinity. In other words, when God created you and I, he created us to be a miniature Trinity. That's what he created us to be. He created us to be just like the Father and the Son. Perfect how many know they're perfect in all their ways? He's created us to be just like him. Perfect in oneness. Where we are walking in unity in the same way the Father and the Son are walking in unity. Just as, they, just as they're united together. How many people know there's no jealousy between the Father and the Son? There's no envy. They're not in competition with each other. I don't know. They're functioning perfectly as a team. And that's exactly what God has created us to be like. To be just like him. And to be just like him, we need to be one. Just like he is one. And he is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God. When we say God, he is good. 
It's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They're one. And so we're to be just like them. Hallelujah. Well, how many people want to pursue this? How many people want to see this come to pass in your life? Well, praise God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 15, verse 5, it says, says now may the God of patience and comfort. Now, how many people know he's patient with us? He is patient with us. Grant you to be like-minded towards one another. Everybody say like-minded. See, is that supposed to be for now or when we get to heaven? No, see, he wants us to be one even as, even as God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are one. He wants us to be one with each other. Like-minded towards one another according to Christ Jesus. That you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean just functioning together as one. Well, see, if we're allowing him to do the sanctifying work in our life and we're already perfect and righteous, I mean, we all can relate to each other because I'm just as righteous as you are. You're just as righteous as I am. And there's no one here more righteous than anybody else unless you're not born again, unless you haven't been saved, unless you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life. But if you made Jesus the Lord of your life, then we're all equally righteous. So already on the same page. We're already on the same page. We're already one in the spirit. We're already there. Now we just got to renew our minds and we got to make that connection outwardly. Allow ourselves to be sanctified and begin to function together as one. In the, can you imagine what that would look like if we were like working as a perfect team together in total one accord? Well, we have a little picture of that on the day of Pentecost, don't we? The 120, 120 human beings had gotten into one accord. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It tapped into the power supply of heaven. The glory of God came rushing in there. You talk about a glorious church. I mean, the fire of God appeared upon them. They were baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. They walked in the power of God. See, why? Because they were in one accord. They were in one accord. If they can do it, we can do it. Yes, we can. Somebody say, yes, we can. That's exactly right. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 2. Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Come on. This is what Jesus prayed to the Father would come to pass. I believe Jesus gets his prayers answered. Let's cooperate. We still have to cooperate. And so he's telling us what we need to be praying and what we need to be speaking, what we need to be believing. That we would be like-minded, having the same love. How many people know the love of God's been poured out into your heart by the Holy Spirit? We have God's love. We have the same love in our spirit. Now let's express it. Express yourself. Express yourself. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 2, I'll pick it up halfway through. Bearing with one another in love. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. It's the Spirit of God that keeps us united together. He unites us together. He keeps us together. So it's yielding to the Holy Spirit. You know, we have this great unity on the inside. 
Now we just got to allow the Spirit of God to do the sanctifying work through the Word of God, through our cooperating, through our yielding ourselves, yielding our members to that righteousness. Allow the Spirit of God to do this unifying work so that we're all thinking alike. It's like we're all on the same page, not just spiritually, but mentally, emotionally, physically. We're all on the same page. We're all doing the same, same thing. You understand? I mean, we're all doing different, you know, we have different functions, we do different things. But again, just like your body, right? Aren't we likened to a body, the body of Christ? Right? So there's all these body parts, but how many of you know, it all functions as one. You know, unless something's wrong, you know, the, the body functions as one. You know, it's my, my mind thinks about moving my fingers, my fingers move without hesitation. I can even wiggle my toes. You can't see that right now, but it's happening. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you should, so the body is just doing what the mind says, you know? It's, just, it's all working together, functioning together as one. It's amazing, isn't it? It's, just, it's, like, it's not like there's a hesitation. Aren't you glad it's like not a hesitation? It's like my mind goes, man, I want to wave my right hand. <clears throat> there it is. <laughs> I would like to do it with my left hand, too. <laughs> a little delay, but it finally gets it. That wouldn't be bad if we were functioning like that. But to be functioning like a real body... Just, I mean, just like perceiving things before it even happens. It's like we're so in the, we're so in the groove. You know, and we just so know the Father's heart, and that's our heart. We all have the same heart because we have the Father's heart, so we know what's right and what's wrong, and so we just don't trespass and cross lines, and we just do the right thing and are sensitive to one another and love. And Oh, yeah, this is what God's called us to be. This is his dream church. This is his glorious church. And uh, we're renewing our mind right now, and we're getting it. Can you say amen? amen? I said we're getting it. We're the miniature trinity. The miniature trinity, praise God. We're coming together as one, even as the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's stand on our feet. Let's thank God. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.